Thanks for tuning in to the Awakening Church Podcast. This is our School of Faith channel, and you are tuning in to our four-week class on the Enneagram, using the Enneagram as a spiritual tool for transformation in Jesus Christ. Okay, guys, thank you for engaging in all the discussions. Does anyone want to share, just in the past week, any insights you've had on the Enneagram, anything you've learned? Stuff that surprised you? Did any of you go home and like geek out on this all week? <laughs> Anyone want to be brave and share anything? Yes, Michaela. Um, so I teach middle school and like started yesterday. And so this whole week I've been telling all of my colleagues, like all the staff, like we're all going to take it. We all need to know about each other. And our school's kind of in this weird flux where we have a lot of new people, administration, we're not happy with them very much. So everyone's kind of really tense. I'm like, guys, we need to figure out what we are because there's no way we can communicate without this. And weird is like a lot of them are a lot older than me. They're in like their 40s, 50s, and 60s. And they're down. They're like, yes. Like half of them are already and they're like, wow, this is great. One one person, sorry, nine, um, she, she's like, I'm so sad that this is all true about me. And I was like, and I think she was thinking about all like the, you know, like the negative parts of it. But it was really cool because she got to see how she's kind of perceived by people. Mm. And it kind of took her back and thinking like, wow, like that's, that makes sense. So it was really cool. That's awesome. So I'm trying to get all of them to <coughs> Love it. So good for your colleagues at work. That's great. Snaps. <laughs> what else? <coughs> was anyone like surprised by their number? Did you think you were a number and then you took the test or something and... You were shocked or no? You all know what you are. I'm curious about the question mark table. Like, what do you guys? <laughs> what do you think? I think I should take the test. <laughs> I think those would be some good next steps. Yeah. Right, the whole class? Three. Alright, three, Edwin, two. Okay. Interesting. Really interesting. Cool. Okay. Well, I didn't print any notes for tonight. I didn't know how useful they were last time. So if any of you want notes, I have journals and I have paper. Any last call for anyone who wants to take notes? Nope? Okay. Cool. So we're gonna recap. Um, there are a lot of people who were not here last week and I figured it's been a busy week, so maybe you forgot. You don't live and breathe this stuff like I do, so I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, we, last week we talked about introducing the Enneagram. It's this tool for spiritual transformation, right? We talked about how there is no power in this. The power for the transformation lies solely in Jesus Christ, right? Amen? Amen. So this is just a tool that we use in our faith to grow, and we talked about how sanctification is the process of becoming holy. And so with that, the Enneagram helps make sanctification specific by giving us a pathway to figuring out where we fall short in our sin nature and where Jesus wants us to transform the most. So nine unique pathways. Um, there are nine types, and each type has a unique sin and a core desire that drives it, right? So we went through all nine. This is a little diagram of all nine, and we talked about how all nines at their core have this desire, this need, right? That's the motivation. So if you were to explain the Enneagram to someone, the best way to explain it would be, 
what really drives you and motivates you. That's your Enneagram number at your core. Come on in. You can grab a chair and sit anywhere or on the couch. And um, yeah, so there's. And so at the core desire, there's these nine needs. You guys all have all this information in your packet. If anyone did not get one, I have one more for anyone who wants one. But you guys all have these, hopefully. So these are the core desires. And then with that, there are nine root sins that drive each of those motivations. And then we spent the biggest chunk of the time talking about triads, right? So we ended our time talking about triads. And so with triads, these are the areas which your number lives in. They're also called centers, intelligence centers. And um, they're split up into three, the feeling center, also known as the heart center, thinking center, which is the head center, and the instinct center, which is known as your body or gut center. So for the sake of this class, for the next three weeks, the way we're going through them is covering center by center. So tonight, we're starting with the heart triad. So twos, threes, and fours. So these are also known as the feeling center. And I mentioned this last week too, but for those of you who are new, I know that we all are probably so excited to talk about our number, right? But I really want for the sake of this class for each of you to walk away knowing all nine very confidently. So the goal is that you'd all just pay attention to all the weeks and all the numbers so you'd know it. Because not only is this great for your own self-awareness and growth, but specifically in your relationships. It is so key and such a useful tool. So... This is, I just thought, a really cool map to kind of talk about really um, unique adjectives to describe the numbers in the heart triad. So if you can't see it, there's things on here like human connection, heart, identity, image, meaning, feeling, holding on to moods, meeting of hearts, past history, validation, being noticed. So in the heart triad, come on closer. Again, we all, right, we have heart, head, and, and instinct. So all of us in this room, every human being, we have all three, right? We all have a head, we have a heart, we have a gut. But what this means by triad is the number that you are, right, wherever it's housed, you operate primarily through this triad, okay? So for numbers two, three, and four, they predominantly function through this lens, through the lens of emotional intelligence. That's the first lens that they walk through when they perceive their circumstances, people, everything that they do. They are extremely attuned to the mood and feeling state of other people. And so they're constantly engaging in life through feelings first. The biggest desire for people in this triad is for value and identity. I think those would be the two biggest words I would um, use to explain them, value and identity. And the reason why is that for some reason in the development of these numbers, something happened where they felt like they lost contact with their value or sense of worth. So they're on a quest to find that identity and self-worth. One of their biggest becomes how do people, one of their biggest questions is how do people see me or what is my image in relation to how other people perceive me? And so that unfortunately leads to a lot of like chronic shame, right? It's a constant like what do other people think? And as we discussed this last week, I think the biggest hope for us as Christians, right, is we know that our worth and our dignity is found in Jesus. And I always, like, when I talk to my friends, I'm like, I don't know how people who don't have Jesus, like, live life. Like, I really don't because it is so hard, right? And so for us as Christians, that's the number one truth that we can bank on, and it's such a great saving grace. But along with that, we're human, and we live in a fallen world, so unfortunately, we fall short too, right? So we start to find our worth in what this world deems as the right constructs that define our identity. 
So you can imagine for these numbers, there's a great deal of energy spent trying to figure out their worth and trying to define it by what other people think of them or what other people say or what they do. These numbers can become kind of hostile with other people because they're not attuned to um, sharing their own needs. Um, and so if people don't value them, val validate them the way that they would hope, they kind of can get a little closed off and a little hostile. We're gonna dive into that. It's hard for these numbers to understand that you can just be and not do. That's also kind of <laughs> the three table. <laughs> and again, we talked about how, you know, we can all learn from every number and every triad. And so for numbers who are not in this triad, one amazing, some amazing traits that we can learn from people in the heart triad are skills like empathy, understanding, <coughs> compassion, and kindness. So the heart triad excels in all these traits. So that's something great that other the gut triad and the head triad can really learn from this triad. I love this quote um, in one of the Enneagram books that I read. It talks about this, and I forgot which one. I'm sorry. Um, so I don't know how, who to quote, but I love it. It says, we become so concerned with the question of, if I can't be valued for myself, then who do I need to be, or what do I need to do to be valued? Our ego creates this fantasy self and this is an image we trot out to receive our experiences of feeling valuable. <coughs> However, it's not who we really are, and deep down we know this. There's a sense of worthlessness, deficiency, and catastrophic emptiness that causes profound suffering. In this void, our ego leads to being emotionally reactive, narcissistic, and loving the false self. And this part is so key, an expectation that we will feel valued when someone gives us the validation we seek. I think that's the biggest key for the heart triad. It's really looking for this validation. It almost comes in the form of expectation that other people will give it to them. Any questions? Make sense? Cool. So also to um, note, in every intelligence center, right, in the head center, heart center, and gut, there's three numbers that live there. One number will always overexpress this energy, right, the heart energy for here or the head energy. One number will always underexpress. And another will be extremely disconnected. So they do both, overexpressing and underexpressing. So for the sake of tonight, for our twos, threes, and fours, what does that look like? So our twos will overexpress, mostly overexpressing the positive <laughs> and not really saying their own needs. The threes are the most out of touch with their emotions. <laughs> it's actually funny. I was reading this um, other book about it, and I was shocked because I always thought fives were the most out of touch. And actually, out of all nine numbers, the three are the most out of touch with emotion. Very interesting. So while they're in the heart triad, they're the most out of touch. And fours were, will underexpress, and what that means is they actually go inward. So they probably feel a lot, but they take it all inward. They don't express it. And we'll go into more detail, but just that's like the overview. So let's break it down. Any questions on that? Yeah? Okay. So breaking it down. So starting with the type two, what does overexpressing mean? So imagine that the twos, um, it's kind of like this mantra, right? If there's no love, I'll be the one that brings it, right? I'll bring the one that brings it to the world. So the twos. <laughs> And just so you know, I'm a two, so I'm going to give a lot of commentary right here so <laughs> I can give you firsthand experience. So if twos are extremely warm, they're friendly, they love offering up affirmations and compliments, they want everyone to know how much they care about them. That's our two table over there. I'm sure any of you can jump in any second. Please share whatever you want to share. Um, and so this is important. 
There's levels of health with every number, and we're going to talk about that a little bit next week too, but basically it's a fluid journey, right? So numbers will go to a different number in their health. They'll go to a different number when they're stressed. So we're all on this journey of self-awareness and growth. So depending on your level of health, this is always going to vary, right? So twos in their unhealthy self can kind of demand that affirmation in return. Um, we talked about last week how their root sin is pride. And I think that out of all nine, the root sin of pride for a two can be very complex for people to understand, especially if you're not a two. You're like, wait, but they're so giving. They're friendly. Like, what pride? That doesn't make sense. And the best way I can explain it is almost like this inner entitlement that because I'm giving you all this, you better give it back to me, right? If you don't give it back to me, then what is my worth? Like, am I not worth anything to you? Um, so that is kind of like where the pride comes in, this inner entitlement of like wanting it back or even being seen as like a certain way, like right? a giving person or a caring person. And to struggle, especially when they're unhealthy, with asking for what they need. Um, so they can drop hints. They can have lots of unmet expectations that people don't meet. And that's when the hostility begins to build. Um, the less healthy they become, they can become resentful. They can be hostile. Um, so it comes from a good place, but oftentimes um, they don't know how to express it. And I was thinking today about prepping for this class, and this example was so um, just relevant and close to home, so I wanted to share it with you guys. So for my family, last week we unfortunately lost my grandpa, and within that, I found myself really going to an unhealthy place of having expectations on certain people to, you know, and especially with grief, it's something where you suddenly realize how much you need people and how much unmet expectations you might have. And I found myself being like really annoyed with like certain friends where I was like, how would you not, like, why would you not know to show up in this way, right? And having these unmet expectations. And it was very refreshing for me to actually be able to tell one friend, like, I need you to do this, like X, Y, Z. And so for the twos, I would say it's so freeing for us just to be like, I need you to come eat with me today, I whatever. I need you to come and like wash dishes at the funeral. I need you to come do this. And it's so hard for twos to do that. I think we just, it's the pride. Um, but really for me, it was this moment of growth where I was like, oh my gosh, it's so freeing. And people actually do want to show up for me, but I think they don't always know how. So that's one really, I think, prevalent example for a two. Any twos have any comments to add? Please. Wes, I know you're going to speak in a sec, but anyone else? <laughs> save, your, save your stuff. Anyone else? Good? Okay. Okay, feel free to chime in. I said it. I want you guys to be interactive, guys. I might start calling on you, so you better talk. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Type threes. Okay. So type threes, we mentioned they are the most disconnected from the heart center. So they both overexpress and underexpress this energy. So this comes from a place of feeling valueless, right? We think about like their if they're unhealthy as self and their sin nature, threes content at their core, feel the sense of I don't have worth or value. And that is why they want to achieve so much, right? That's why image is so important to them. They want to succeed. Um, there's a sense of being empty on the inside, so their ego begins to construct like a house of cards, right, to almost cover up this lack of value that they feel. And to break it down a little bit further, so how they overexpress. So they overexpress by projecting this image, right? They do, do, do. They're actually, they're amazingly smart, they're successful, they do all these things, and it's all about the image. And they underexpress by compartmentalizing their emotions. And they don't want to really look within, so it even sometimes for an unhealthy three can look like avoid getting super close to people because they don't want people to even like look in there, right? Like, I don't want to look in there, so how dare you look in there too? <laughs> 
So they, and they, again, they do experience their emotions. The 100% they do, they're in the heart triad, but they don't allow the emotions to get in the way of performance, which is really actually great. I mean, for someone like a two or a four to lean on a three because they're not driven by the emotion, which is great. Any threes have any comments? I talked a lot about twos because I'm biased, but any threes? <laughs> huh? I feel like I, this is so true. Like, I feel like I never actually feel the feelings, but I can like, name them and analyze them mm. and process through them without actually feeling them. Yes. So, good. Yes. <laughs> good. Okay. And again, we're going to have a panel in a bit on all three numbers, so we're going to dive in further, but yeah, this is just an overview. Type fours. Okay, so fours, they feel at the heart that there's a connection lost that everything that's authentic and real to themselves has been lost. So their biggest goal and their desire is for identity and for unique value. That is their constant quest. There is a sense of almost having been rejected or abandoned because of this disconnect from the heart. And of all the types, the four is actually the most aware of this falseness, but instead of kind of following it, they just, they like sitting in the melancholy, so they're okay with it. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's funny, but it's, it's real. <laughs> so, so how do they underexpress? So they underexpress their heart energy by going inward, right? They're searching for something real and true to plant their this is me flag. That's what they're all about is for the four. Um, but because their emotions constantly change, it's like building a house on shifting sand, right? There's no solid foundation. So depending on their health level for a four, they can identify with the negative feelings more than the positive, like I mentioned, sitting with the melancholy, because that feels more real to them. And so they can oftentimes build their identity around being somewhat broken or damaged, sensitive, extremely passionate, and unique. And so one of my best friends, Jessica, is a four. She's Jessica Sembatu, um, who does worship on our team, and she was gonna come tonight, but she couldn't be here. But she sent us a few videos, and I'm gonna play her videos because she explains it so well. So, listen up. Okay, to the under-expressing the emotions question. Um, yeah, it's funny because like, what people hear from me is like, if, okay, what people hear about my emotions, like what I'm sharing with them, is like only a fraction of what's actually like going on. Because because all day it's just this like up and down and up and down and. Um, so, yeah, if I'm, like, giving you an insight into, like, what I'm feeling at that portion of the day, like, it's just funny to think about because I'm, like, oh, I'm probably giving you, like, the best summary I could give you of, like, oh, entire range of emotions that I've felt in just, like, even a short period of time, and even, like, the complexity, like, not, things aren't, my emotions aren't always, like, good or bad like they're 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 mixed they're like confusing and so it's even hard to fully explain to people what I'm feeling which is funny because fours come off as very moody and dramatic and big like big emotionally um another quote I just read and the road back to you is fours don't have feelings, they are feelings. <laughs> and that's exactly what I feel like. Uh, I just feel like I'm made up of emotions and I'm made up of feelings. And so you're probably just getting like a summarized version of that or like a snapshot of that. Um, because 
because I need to find a sense of like stability in there, if that makes sense. I'm gonna go look at the question again. <laughs> Does that resonate for you, Force? Yeah? Okay. There's one more from her that I thought was good that I wanna play too. Another thought on this, um, this idea of like under expressing my emotions reminds me of, um, for me, it's like why music is so important to me because like, for example, I make like playlists for my life based on the emotional range I'm in that season. Um, and so I think one thing people can do to like understand fours or even like fours understand themselves is like pay attention to the way they're creatively expressing themselves, whether that is through art, maybe it's not, maybe it is, but um, that's helped me a lot and like having another outlet to fully process and I love like sharing <laughs> like I'm running up the playlist example like I love telling my close friends and family that like like oh like this I love this song right now or this song explains how I feel right now because um, it helps like get this deeper picture into what I'm dealing I love force so much Okay, so cool. I hope that's helpful. So that was our summary of like specifically the heart triad. Okay, so now we're going to move into deep dive into all three numbers. So let's go with the two. I don't know why I did the animations on the slides. Like I felt like I was in a mood. Um, so I wanted to find quotes I thought summarized every number. And I love, I mean, I think this is the cry of a two's heart. <laughs> if you want to be loved, be lovable. And yeah, it just comes back to, again, twos feeling like there's a correlation between being needed and being loved. And like, if you are not needed, then you're not loved. And that is like the lie that we need to break for a two. But yeah, this, this really, I don't know, resonated for me. I don't know why I did this, but yeah. Okay, so last week, oh, and I was gonna say to you one more thing. Um, last week I mentioned one line that I think is like the motto of my life as a two is, what is the status of our connection right now? So that is a line that I think is a two drives me. So when I am like with people, I mean, if many of you know me, like I love, love people a lot. I love friendship. And whenever I'm with someone, I'm always thinking like, what is the status of our connection? My close friends, especially, I'm like, is there any tension? Are we closer now than we were before? Is, are we like not as close? Are we taking a step back? It's always like, are they okay? Um, twos are also extremely, they, they can like, they have a discernment to pick up the energy in a room. So even when I go out with my friends and there's like 10 of us at a dinner table, if one person is feeling a little bit emo, I sense it. I have to go sit next to them, have to make sure they're okay, take them outside and talk. It's constantly just like, is everyone okay? And is there harmony at the table right now within the group? So that's the two. So we talked last week about wings, right? So your wing is the number that you are sandwiched between, the bread that holds you together. Um, so for a two, you're either a wing one or a wing three. So if you're a wing one, again, I don't really like these label titles things, but whatever, the two wing one is called the servant, which I hate, <laughs> but they tend to be more idealistic, reasonable, objective, self-critical, quietly serving, and judgmental. And if you're a two wing three, I'm a two wing three, host or hostess. They tend to be more self-assured, charming, a flatterer, ambitious, outgoing, and competitive. So again, we talked last week about you can have balanced wings. You might see both of those in yourself. 
you might see only one, you might see none. You don't have to have a wing. I think people really get caught up in wings for some reason, it can be confu confusing, but it's really just to give you, like you have your dominant type and your wing is like the passenger seat. It kind of drives you to, with you. Yes, wing one, idealistic, reasonable, objective, self-critical, <clears throat> quietly serving, and judgmental. So for a type two, their core fear is being rejected and unwanted, being labeled as worthless, needy, inconsequential, dispensable, or unworthy of love. Um, so I can speak to this too. So I think as a two, it's funny, like we, yeah, our biggest fear is being rejected. And it's honestly like, I was thinking about like not being invited to something, I think is the biggest thing. And it's not that we feel FOMO because we necessarily even want to go. We just want to know that you thought of us to include us. And I was even thinking about like, I, for example, I hate hiking. Like I don't care to ever go. And if I, if I were to hear that, like my three best friends were going hiking and didn't invite me, I would be crushed, right? Because I'd be like, wow, was I, like, again, these feelings of being rejected or unwanted. Like, did you guys not want me there, right? Is my presence not worth being invited? So two struggle a lot with feeling unworthy. So include your two friends. <laughs> Any of you guys want to share anything? Does that resonate? <laughs> anything I'm missing, please add. So in the direction of growth, we talked about how on this scale, right, we're always, it's always fluid. So every number is always going towards a number in growth and in stress. So when twos are growing, when they're healthy as self, they will go towards the healthy sides of a type four. And it's funny because I always used to think like teeter between like, am I a type four? Because I relate so much to four. So I'm just going to take it as like, I'm getting healthier. So, <laughs> but, so as they go towards a four, some characteristics include becoming more self-nurturing, becoming more emotionally aware, admitting and accepting painful feelings, right? Sitting with their feelings and being like, yep, I'm angry, I'm sad. Like sitting with that feeling, even with their loneliness. And also exploring their inner world, able to express themselves more creatively. Um, I think even for me, like I'm not by any by any means like artistically creative. But an example a friend actually brought up to me was like me making these books for you guys was really me being in my foreness of like I felt creative and I was excited to make it for you guys. So I, I think for my my creativity it looks different. Um, I also do like wedding planning. So for me, when I do the design element of like a party, that really helps my creative four side come out. So things like that. When we're stressed, so when twos are stressed out, they will go towards unhealthy eight characteristics. So what that means, they can become egocentric, irritable, aggressive, and dominating. They can become extremely controlling of everyone and everything. They can have outbursts of anger, aggressive confrontations, or threaten to withdraw their support from others. So yeah, I mean, just just being real. Um, yeah, I've had <laughs> guilty as charged. Um, yeah, I think in my unhealthiest self, I've had many moments where um, I have just been like, yep, I'm just not gonna like deal with this person, like I'm done with you type of thing. Um, or with the whole becoming controlling, I think it really even comes down to like, the need to be needed with relationships, they can become extremely controlling with their friendships, like to the point where they're just trying to exert themselves onto the friend, like you must need me type of thing, like you have to need me as your friend. Um, and with the aggression and confrontation too, I can speak to that. Um, I, I like confrontation in the sense because I hate drama and I hate conflict, so I immediately want to resolve something. But I've seen in my stressful self, I've gone to confrontation before it was time, if that makes sense. So there wasn't wisdom or discernment with the time to confront. And I've really had to grow in that. Yes. Um, so when you're stressed or 
healthy, you're not going towards your own, you're the type two healthier stress characteristics going to other ones? So you, you definitely are going to, as you grow, yes, you're becoming a healthier version of yourself for sure, but as you, if once you're becoming your healthiest self, you will start to take on the characteristics of the healthy four. So not all the four, but just the healthiest parts of four. And again, not all of eight, but just the unhealthiest parts then of eight. And what about like the healthy parts of two or the unhealthy parts of two? Yeah, so that's just like who, that is just who you will always be, okay. I think. I don't know how to, Lauren, why would you explain that better? I don't know. Go to the healthy part too. Yeah, they do, but she means something different. She just means like the healthiest eight or the healthiest three or four. But how would you explain it? Yeah, I think it's mostly just like kind of your average, your baseline. Yeah. Like as a two, you're like your positives are like helping people in the way that you're outward yeah. focused. But I think the growth of like when you're really healthy, you can additional. Additional, yeah. Yes. It's like it's not like your average hanging out there. It's like when you have the energy and the supply to, you can move to that place, and that's what the character totally. school is like. But your inner motive will be usually pretty similar. Yeah, that's good. That's the word baseline. Your baseline will be your healthy version of what number you are. So um, I love this. This website does like scripture for each um, type. And um, this is so good for it too. So Zephaniah 317. And I'm smiling because Lacey just sent this to me yesterday and I had no idea this was the verse until I re-looked at this. So the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And so I think for twos, they need to hear that. Like, God delights in you how you are. Wherever you're at, you don't need to do anything. You just be, and God delights in you. Self-care for a two. So the biggest part of a two, self-caring for themselves, is saying no. Um, so they need to learn to healthily say no to things. Twos love doing things for other people. They love showing up for others. But they have a really hard time just taking care of themselves. So self-care in general is just so important for a two. Other things on here are like getting pampered, um, <laughs> which actually that is literally my like biggest self-care. Like getting a facial or a massage is my favorite thing to do. Hosting a small gathering, showing um, hospitality to yourself. Take yourself out on a date. Um, Counseling or spiritual direction or journaling. Those are all means of self-care for a two. And it's so good for twos to also remember that you're only able to give out out of the overflow of your own life, right? So we need to be in a healthy space to be able to give out to other people. And finally, this is also really cool. So what to put to death and what to bring to life. So put to death your core weakness of pride, which leads you to constantly seek approval and validation from other people. Through Christ, you're accepted and worthy. Which needs to be like the banner like for our lives and then bring to life your heart's core longing to know that you're wanted and loved you're so valuable to christ that he laid down his life for you you are his beloved child so now i'm gonna invite cassie and wes two very self-aware twos to the front um and they're gonna be on a little panel for us i'm gonna interview them come on up <laughs> can i just family therapist so it's kind of interesting to see how much I've grown since I found out my Enneagram and I'm 
excited to get to know my fellow twos. <laughs> so I'm West. I've been in Awakening for about a year now, and um, I'm just a, a student at San Jose State. Uh, going through, has been through many identity crises at this point, <laughs> and uh, I'm yeah. fairly confident about this one, but we'll see what the next season is like. Cool. Okay, so what is the biggest stereotype you think in being a two that you experience? Oh, I got one. Uh, so if we see our ladies in the back for all the twos, I'd like to yeah. say one thing. I'm the one guy that's in that table. So that's probably the biggest stereotype. Yes. You have a, it's a very, very feminine of, of, of all the numbers, um, but that's just one that I've had to deal with a lot because I think in a lot of relationships that I have with other people, they don't under, uh, they, for me in particular, not only as a two, you have that misunderstanding of, like, do people know the extent of how much you love and you want that to be known? But for me, especially as a guy, where I feel like it's not acknowledged, mm -hmm. it's even more difficult yeah. for me to live in that experience. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it's more the expectation that I'm always going to be serving or like this sort of like housewife, motherly figure. Um, I think as I'm like growing through becoming more of a healthy four, it's a little bit more like I'm not going to like serve you today, that's okay, you know, <laughs> um, and getting to that place. But I think that's something that's for some reason has always irritated me, that someone mm. thought I was like a mother, like maybe yeah. I am, but <laughs> yeah. How do you see the roots in a pride playing out in your life? Uh, for me, that's a big one. Um, it's because I feel like for me personally, I've had this really unhealthy chunk of time in my life, that's saying several years where I've uh, taken those unhealthy aspects of eights to like an extreme, mm -hmm. where sometimes I feel like, uh, well, I mean, twos are already emotionally manipulative when they're unhealthy. Uh, they can tend to test other people when they're unhealthy. Mm -hmm. They can tend to feel like they're pouring into other people and not receiving anything back when they're unhealthy. And then all boils out into like this disastrous mess uh, uh, when, you're, when you're stressed. Mm -hmm. So I'll touch on that probably a little bit later. <laughs> I've seen pride play out in certain insidious ways where if a friend comes up to me and they're talking to me about their life problems, I'm just like, wow, like, they really trust me. Like, they think I'm such a good friend. Like, wow, I must be such a good friend. Like, that they would come to me about this one issue, you know? And so I think me and Nass have, like, definitely invented about yeah. that in the past. And then yeah. we're like, wait, but, like, now I'm going through it and they're not there for me, you know? And, like, what's going on? Um, and so I kind of see that happening and like sneaking into my life and have to catch myself and be like, wait, am I doing this because I want to appear like a really great friend? Mm. Or not that that's a bad thing to want, but just like when it comes from like, this is more self-serving, that's where I see like the pride coming in. What do you wish people knew about you as a two? Uh, I said this one a little bit earlier, but I uh, I feel like my feelings are extremely intense, as as was actually stated earlier, uh, and especially with a lot of people where I really want to care about you as an individual, and you specifically. Mm -hmm. The things that I'm saying is not just to like, it's not necessarily just to be like, uh, I like to make the environment lively and whatnot, but I'm very individual focused mm -hmm. in the sense mm -hmm. that I really care about who I'm talking to. Yeah. I want to be intentional with why I'm talking to them. Yeah. I want to accommodate to their needs specifically. Um, and that kind of um, focus, I think a lot of people can, um, uh, I mean, I can get hurt. I mean, I, I'm going to try to say this. It's going to sound a little bit prideful, but there are like little bits, of course. But it's like, 
I care about you specifically, and then you might not understand that sometimes when, when you might think I'm, that's like a consequence of that. Some people think I'm too pushy at times, mm -hmm. like, because I want mm -hmm. to know yeah. what is going on with you. It's not to like abuse it later on in the, in the time, mm -hmm. it's just like that's how it comes out, because yeah. I want to know who you are. That's so good. I think to add to that too, another thing is like for twos, when you, like if you're in a room and somebody walks in like, how are you guys? I'm always like wondering, like, but do you really want to know how I am? Or like the collective yeah. five people there, or do you want to look at me and be like, yeah. how are you today? Yeah. And like, what level of how are you? Like surface, yeah. or, like how are you really doing? Like how much do you care? I feel like I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I don't really have much more to add. No worries. So, how about this whole notion of like twos in the heart triad overexpressing, right? What, where, where do you see that for you? And speak to what, like, what it's like for your own life with overexpression. Oh, yeah. Um, so I guess sometimes I can. This is why I think I'm an unhealthy four, um, just because I when they say like, oh, the twos, they can't, they don't really want to express any of the negative emotions they only want to express the positive and be encouraging mm -hmm. um sometimes i can go into that place of like expressing like the really hard emotions and the moody emotions like i'm actually not doing great today mm -hmm. but then i get kind of self-conscious like does this person actually want to hear yeah. like the hard parts of my day yeah. um and so that's kind of where i'm at uh, for me, uh, this is also mentioned kind of here, if someone asks me how I'm doing, it's a lot different than if I ask them how they're doing. Because if I ask you how you're doing, I really want to know how you're doing. Mm -hmm. If you ask me how I'm doing, you have to push and push and push yes. and push and push <laughs> until you actually get the answer that you, if you want that answer. Because yeah, I'm yeah. very skeptical of uh, whether or not you want to do it because I am much more eager to take on someone else's uh, emotion, someone else's life, than I am to address my own. Yeah. Um, so that leads into a <laughs> and then finally, what does it look like for you um, in growth versus stress? I know you kind of touched on the eight and the four, but anything else specifically? Like, how do you know when like you're going to growth or stress? Like, is there a specific you know? Like, oh, I'm aware of it. You know? Yeah. I think for me, when I'm stressed, I can tell that I'm very black and white um, kind of thinking, like instead of like being considerate and like listening I'm kind of like no we need to do this or we need to do that or make this decision that's just like very blunt um, and I'm not very patient <laughs> when I'm really stressed um, <laughs> so watch out guys um, <laughs> um, but when I'm a four I become more of a four I see myself expressing like the hard and the and the good stuff that are coming up um, think music similarly is like a really big outlet for me to um, feel good and do self-care and I think boundaries over the years has been super helpful to just say hey you know maybe I want to hang out with these friends because I want to make sure that they that I'm seen and I'm approved of but now I'm at this place in my life where I'm like oh no this is okay like I can take a day off and not see these friends and they're still gonna like love me yeah. and they're not gonna abandon me or anything yeah. like that. Uh, for me, um, one thing that I still am like always constantly thinking and reconsidering and whatnot is the question of too much intimacy. Mm -hmm. uh, so is there an extent that I should stop at where, where boundaries was just mentioned? Is there a boundary that I should form? And that's like still something that I'm still kind of enveloping and learning like where it's necessary and where it's not. Um, but where I'm stressed, that we'll go there. Um, 
definitely uh, entitled to care is probably the biggest way to put it. I like to I like to just summarize my stress as being a wrecking ball of relationships, uh, where generally speaking, uh, it's just like pour, 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 pour into you. And you, a lot of times where someone I ask, what do you want to do? I'll be like, ah, whatever you want to do. And then eventually I do that eight times. And then I'm like, why don't you ever ask me what I want to do? And then yeah. that's just me pushing it off. Um, um, so there's definitely a big aspect of trying to accommodate to another person. Uh, so in, in the sense of growth, where I really respect fours, is they know the healthy aspects of having self-centered values, mm. uh, which is like knowing where pushing too far is going to hurt you or pushing too far is going to hurt another person. It's like knowing where I gotta stop. Barriers are very much connected to that too. Like I shouldn't go this far. And I should also have confidence in myself and like where I, where I stand on things. And I should accommodate to my own feelings as well as other people. Mm. It's this balance yeah. of emotions that I really um, need to strive for. That's really good. He's okay. Guys, thank you. Is this helpful? Yeah, good. Yeah, okay. Thank you, guys. Really So that's the two. So, threes. Okay. <laughs> I'm like honestly too scared to take a break because you guys are too social. So we're gonna keep going. Sorry. <laughs> if you want a drink or snacks, just get it. But we're not taking a break. <laughs> I want to make sure we get through everything. Okay. So, type three. I have two codes for the three. Um, I love this. I finally see myself through the eyes of no one else. It's so exhausting on this silver screen where I play the role of anyone but me. I love this. It's, yeah, if you guys like, um, if you like this stuff, there's a band called, or an artist called Sleeping At Last, and he does um, songs for every Enneagram type, and the lyrics are just so profound. So this is one. And then I like this one too. <laughs> early to bed, early to rise, work like hell and advertise. <laughs> Sleeping At Last. Yeah. So type three, type three in their wing. So if you are a type three, you're either a wing two or a wing four. So the type three wing two is also called the star. They are warmer, they are encouraging, they are sociable, they're popular, they enjoy being the center of attention and seductive. <laughs> and then if you're a three wing four, it's titled the professional. They are mo more focused on work, success, and introspection. They are more sensitive, artistic, imagin imaginative, and pretentious. I'm just curious, we don't have too many threes. Do you guys know your wings? What are you guys? Wing two, okay. Wow, all of, oh my gosh, you two, Joss? No, wing I'm four. a solid three. You're a solid three, okay, interesting. Can I take a picture of that before you change it? Yeah. Might be. I think you have to learn. I just wanna write it down right now. <laughs> okay, so for the three, their biggest core fear is being exposed as or being labeled incompetent, inefficient, or worthless, failing to be or appearing to be successful. We kind of talked about that with the image, right? And so for a three, when they are growing, they're going to go towards a healthy six. Um, this means they would be more cooperative and committed to other people. They will become extremely aware of their feelings and revealing who they really are behind the achiever mask that they can put on. And they become extremely more vulnerable. Other things to know, a healthy three will no longer need constant applause from other people. 
They'd know that they're loved for simply being themselves and there's no need to perform. They no longer need to win people over, but they'll help others become the best versions of themselves. They trust that their worth comes from being Christ's beloved. So when they're unhealthy selves, when they're stressed, a type three route should go towards unhealthy nine. And I actually feel like that's kind of like hard to think about because threes and nines seem so opposite, but so it includes becoming disengaged, apathetic, or going on autopilot. Losing focus and drive, they can involve themselves with busy work to give the appearance of accomplishment. And they can start to feel little energy or passion for things, so they want to be left alone and given their space. Um, something else to know is they will believe their whole worth hinges on their accomplishments and success and people's opinions of them. Unable to admit when they're wrong or reveal anything that might diminish their image. So, yeah, since I can't speak to a three, what do you guys, do you guys have anything to just, does this resonate? Amen. With, amen. <laughs> I know Jocelyn's going to share in a sec, but Daniel, McKenna, anything? We've all been, like, laughing. Yeah. yeah. You're like, this is me. So. Okay. okay. So, the life verse for a three is Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So again, this reminder, right, that in Christ you're valued for simply being yourself. You can rest in Jesus' accomplishments for you, right, not your own. And so putting to death and bringing to life. So put to death your core weakness of deceit, which fools you into believing you are only the image you present to other people. You, all, you have all the value, success, and high status you need in Christ. And bring to life your heart's core longing to know you are loved for simply being you. Christ sees every hidden part of you, and you are free to be your authentic self as his cherished child. I love that. And self-care for threes, the biggest chunk, is spending time with people who know what's really behind the mask. Right? And so threes, again, they have the hardest time actually prioritizing self-care because they're so busy, so they got to schedule in their self-care. So you guys need to take that time. <laughs> and um, they, threes both take in information through their feeling selves. Um, we talk about this. They know it less than anyone on the Enneagram, even less than a five. And so self-care for a three really looks like safely and cautiously letting your guard down, spending time with people who can see you behind the mask. It also looks like slowing down and unplugging. Try playing a game that requires no skill, running without tracking your pace, or wandering around a museum. Like absolutely no need to achieve or succeed. Just be yourself. <laughs> Allow yourself a day with no agenda, no goals, and just get to know yourself. So I'm gonna invite Jocelyn to come up and talk to us. And my good friend Jeff, who used to go to Awakening but moved away, he has sent me in his answers. So I'm going to share those after Jocelyn shares. So we get a male and female perspective. Yay. Thank you, love. Okay. So for you as a three, what do you think is the biggest stereotype? Um, I think it's like we like the center of attention a lot and yeah. it's just people that are always on stage yeah. and um, I don't know I just like think of like actors and actresses like they always like that center of attention um, for me I don't really like that kind of center yeah. of attention it's more of just like like kind of like small groups or like mm -hmm. admiration from people in that sense and um, the biggest thing like when I was reading into three that's just like manipulators it sounds yeah. so bad it's just like um, McKenna was saying it's just like it sounds like nails like on a chalkboard it sounds so bad um, but it's just not necessarily like we're willing to like 
lie and manipulate yeah. to people. It's just this like unconscious thing that we do. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, this is how this person wants like me to be, mm-hmm. so I'll be that person. So I'll kind yeah. of have um, these multiple masks. That's such a good point. Yeah. Where do you see? You kind of touched on it. Where do you see the deceit playing out most for you in your life? Yeah. So just basically, um, I think for for me personally, it's just like lying to myself a lot of as who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, I, I tend to have a very busy schedule. So just with work. So like I, I work at In-N-Out. So I work, I, I'm a, I have this in, a per, person of a being In-N-Out employee. Mm-hmm. Then once I go home, I am the eldest daughter. So I have um, this responsibility placed yeah. on me. And then I work for, um, I'll be working for a, a, a campus ministry called Crew. So just having that kind of different roles. Yeah. And so by the time I get home, I'm just like, super drained, super exhausted, and it's just like, don't talk to me. Yeah, I need yeah. my, my own space, and so, um, yeah, and just like lying to a lot about myself and my feelings. I think I mm-hmm. tend to suppress my feelings a lot, um, and either whenever it's just like, I need to be doing, be active in something, um, and if I have these feelings, I'm like, I need to suppress it in order to achieve what I need to get done. So, kind of in that sense. Okay. What do you wish people knew about you as a free and <coughs> free? Yeah, um, I just think sometimes I just get a lot of people telling me you need to relax, you need to have time <laughs> to yourself, and that's very hard. Um, just to, yes, for me personally. Mm. Um, yeah, so just like um, if like a, a good friend is like, oh, let's let's do something together, but not having a goal in mind. Mm. So I always think of like. Um, if we're doing like going on a hike, okay, I'm like, I'm going to do like 10,000 steps in this hike, but it's just like, no, like Josh's like, let's just enjoy the view. Let's just like talk. And so, um, yeah, just having, being wired in that sense. And then just, um, also just like sometimes I think for me, like when people ask, how are you feeling? Like having this like answer like right away. And sometimes I just don't know how I'm feeling. So it's just like, I get caught off guard. I'm just like, wait, what? Repeat the question again. And so it's just like time to process I think totally. is just very important in that, in that friendship so okay yeah with that with the threes kind of being the most disconnected in the yeah. heart triad how do you see the overexpressing, underexpressing play out for you um yeah so I think in terms of just like um I don't know I kind of like with like a two in that sense of just feeling like having feelings are a burden to other people mm-hmm. so um yeah, it's just very hard for me to express those feelings, and so um, I always tend to put it into work. Um, mm. But um, yeah, I just think I tend to isolate a lot my, myself a lot mm. in terms of just like having those emotions. And um, yeah, I think in my, my relationship with God, especially, I think it's hard to bring that brokenness up. So I think yeah, just having that that challenge of just like okay, this is who I am. This is like the broken side of me, mm. and so like I'm going to give this up to you, God. So yeah, yeah. What does it look like for you growing into six and then digressing into nine? Yeah, so growing into six, I think it's kind of having the sense of like security and relationships and friendships. So um, threes are like competitive and very goal oriented. So I think when we allow, we bring people on to like our team, having the mm. sense of teamwork and sense of just like we can do this and having that strive for hope, I think is just really great. Mm. And we're, we tend to be, be, allow ourselves to be more vulnerable with people as mm. well. Um, and I think that's just a very um, good at environment for threes in terms of just like that growth area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then stress is just like how I said, isolating. So for like a day, like for me, it's just like 
since I have like go to do, do different things, mm -hmm. by the time I just get home, it's like I just go to my room and just like shut down. I'm like, okay, like this is too much. But then it's just like, um, yeah, I just detach my myself from my emotions. I disengage with mm -hmm. with people. So mm -hmm. it's just very. Sometimes like people won't see me for a few days. I'm just like, okay, like I'll just do like busy yeah. busy work or something to to keep. Totally. Yeah. Anything else you want everyone to know about for you? Yeah, I think um, that yes, we have this like we want this unconditional love, mm -hmm. and I think we, I think for me, it's just like I've always asked this question like, who am I? Who am I? Mm -hmm. But I think with this process of just like who, like I ask this question, who is God? Mm -hmm. And so once I ask who is God, then like going into scripture, learning more about Him, like mm -hmm. I learn more about myself, and so allowing that, I think, is just very important for. And Jeff's answers, I wanted to read a few of them to you guys. They're also great, just to give you a male perspective. So he is a civil engineer, um, Asian American, and he's a three wing four. Those are the three things he wanted you to know first. So the biggest stereotype he said is he thinks for being a three is being a workaholic. Um, I know many threes are workaholics, but I do not consider myself one. Unless a project at work is due and I'm required to finish it, I'm clocking out and going home as soon as my time card says 40 hours. <laughs> and then asking about how he sees deceit playing out in his life, he says, I catch myself telling white lies to improve my image. It has always been a recurring act where I'm where, when I'm in an unhealthy season of my life, trying to deceive people to make them think that I'm in a better place than I actually am. By the way, I feel so exposed. I've never told anyone this before. So very vulnerable. He's going there. And what do you wish people knew about how you operate as a three? This is really great. So my inner drive to succeed has been instilled in me since I was young. Growing up in a traditional Korean household, my performance was everything. My parents were extremely hard on me in every aspect of my life. For example, I spent many hours in after-school education programs to get ahead of other students, starting at age six, all the way through to middle school. I also spent many hours at baseball clinics after school to become the best athlete. All these experiences I've accumulated throughout the years have shaped my personality, and now I've adopted these high standards, which were never really in my control. So again, it kind of goes back to what we talked about last week, right, where it's like nature and nurture, and also the decision that we make as children. At your best self, where do you, how do you see God working through you? So he said, at my best self, I see God supplying me with energy. This sounds really simple, but it actually takes me a long way. My body's gas tank usually runs on empty, and it translates into laziness and disconnection. Kind of going to that nine space, right? At my best self, spiritual self-care and self-growth is cultivated day in and day out. Therefore, God provides me with the energy that revives me and allows me to be full of life with friends, displaying my true colors and authenticity to the world, just how God designed me to be. I think there's one more, yes. And when he's growing or stressed, he said, when I'm growing, I'm fully self-accepting, which brings me a lot of confidence. And when he's stressed, disconnection is the first thing that happens. I disconnect myself from myself, my emotions, and the world around me. Yeah. Thanks, guys. That's the three. Okay. We're going to chug along. The four. Okay. So type four, the individualist. Love this. So for the type four, which says, what if we already are who we want to become? In certain light, I can plainly see a reflection of magnificence, hidden in you, maybe even in me. So 
Okay, so for type four, you are either a wing three or a wing five. So type four with a three wing is also called the aristocrat. So these are people who are more extroverted usually. They're competitive, upbeat, ambitious, ex emotionally volatile, concerned with image, and flamboyant. And so as you can see, since we just studied the three, you can kind of see the sides of a four that would make you a wing three if you resonate with three. And type four wing five is called the bohemian. They are more introverted, intellectual, withdrawn, reserved, observant, eccentric, and have intellectual depth, sometimes depressed. Would you guys think you're all four wing five, maybe? I can, I can see four wing, yeah? You four? I mean, you're a new, newly found four. What do you think you are? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yet. Wing five, I think. Yeah. But I'm not sure. Okay, cool. I know. So, oops. so for a four, their core fear is being inadequate, emotionally cut off, plain, mundane, defective, flawed, or insignificant. So again, their core really need and desire is to be unique and individual. So when fours are growing, they will start to go towards healthy one types. So this includes becoming more objective and principled. That's especially important, right, because they're so going off of their emotions, so just becoming more objective versus subjective. They become more present in the here and now, not allowing their emotions to control them. And they can also become more self-disciplined, grounded, and practical. Healthy fours are also very creative. They're emotionally honest. They're very connected and inspired by beauty. A lot of fours are musicians or artists. Um, healthy fours know, believe, and trust that they're already Christ's special beloved child. Therefore, they do not need to strive to be unique because they already have the unconditional love they strive for. So when they're stressed, fours will go to an unhealthy two, which we talked about. So unhealthy two, they can become over-involved, extremely clingy. They can try to manipulate others into loving them. I talked about, guilty, begin doing favors and reminding others of how they have supported them in the past. So the verse for a four is Psalm 139, 13 to 14, and it says, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. So because Christ is in you, you are special, you're seen, you're loved, and you're valued. So for a four, they should put to death this weakness of envy, right? That's their core sin is envy, which makes you feel that you are defective or flawed and that others possess qualities that you lack. Through Christ, you are perfectly whole and understood. Instead, bring to life your heart's core longing to know that you are seen and loved for exactly who you are. Christ designed you to be special and unique. He delights in you. You are his authentic and cherished creation. So self-care for a four. four. So for a four of all the types, the fours actually know how to do self-care the best. They really like to prioritize this time. So again, the beginning, the biggest chunk is taking that time, taking the time to do self-care. And as a whole, fours have a lot of emotional depth, probably a lot more than the other types. And so it's not surprising that for them, things like lament or music or stories or creativity, this all helps them in their self-care. Other things on here are gratitude journaling, um, communing with nature, finding a sacred space, hot bath or hot yoga, music that helps you emote, time and space for creative outlet. Those are all self-care for a four. So 
I'm gonna invite Taylor up. He's our four. And I have another video from Jessica too that I'll play later. Thanks, Tay. Hey. Hi. Thanks for being here. So what is the biggest stereotype you feel in being a four? As a four, all of them, uh, specifically, I think is like, and it, I mean, again, just as a four, I, I think I hate it because it, it is me, mm. but just being like the emo kid, mm -hmm. and it is exactly what I am, yeah. I, I'm just a grown-up emo kid, yeah. <laughs> that's all I have. I love that. How do you see the sin of envy playing out for you as a four? Yeah, I see, um, I mean, the, the constant comparison. Mm that I gravitate towards. But I think this is my suspicion mm. that some types um, would, that might be like a motivating factor, but for me, that comparison um, like tears me apart. Mm. And instead, when I'm locked in and obsessed with comparing myself, I just seclude myself yeah. and I don't do anything. I figure it's just mm. a lost cause anyways. Totally, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I guess what do you wish people knew about how you operate as a four? I think, um, I, I think maybe back to that stereotype of like the emotional control. Mm -hmm. um, I feel very much. I've talked to you about this. I feel very like split between a four and a five. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think I think a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, and I, yeah, I. Yeah. I think I'm very self-aware of what I feel, but at the same time, uh, when I have the time to and mm. the energy for it, um, intellectualizing and processing those feelings uh, yeah. mentally yeah. is and a big part of my daily life. Driving you. Totally. Yeah. 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 What about for the fours kind of being the ones that underexpress and go inward? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I'm, I think my, uh, kind of what, Jess said in that video about like the roller coaster of daily experience. Mm -hmm. I think kind of the cycle of my emotions day to day mm -hmm. keeps my brain in a really tight kind of center. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, my my average day, I'm I'm like processing the same handful of things, mm -hmm. and especially when I'm unhealthy, I'm almost just in like. Uh, trying to maintain like in a survival mode instead of actually totally. productive thinking. Yes. No, that's great. <laughs> what does it look like for you growing to growth and stress? Yeah, I, I think in my experience both of those um, center around my habits. Hmm. When I'm growing towards a one, my habits are like intentional and life-giving and I go into them on purpose with like enthusiasm and they're things that are good for me because they're good for me and not mm. because it makes me somebody. Yeah. Uh, and when I'm stressed, I, I again, seclude back into habits that sustain me. Mm. And so I think kind of like it too, but unlike in that it's not really about people, for me at least, mm. but it is about I have, like, lifeboats around me, mm. and that's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Mm. At your best self, how do you see God working through you? Yeah, I, I see... Uh, the image of the creator in me uh, with, you know, uh, a desire and I think um, time and energy to embrace and enjoy and multiply beauty in the world mm. as well as to um, identify that in others and identify mm. ugliness in others mm. and, and uh, embrace that with them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
It's really good. Anything else you want people to know about being a poet? I wouldn't be able to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tay. Yeah. <laughs> And just to give you a female perspective, too, Jess answered a few of these for us. Okay, the biggest stereotype I feel of my number um, is I just get worried people are gonna think I'm overly dramatic because of how intense my emotions are and the ways that I express them. Uh, yeah, I get worried people are gonna think I'm overly sensitive, um, or like overly dramatic in a way where I'm gonna like cause drama or um, <laughs> over inflate things. Okay, my roots in envy, I see playing out in just the way I fixate on what I perceive that others have that I don't have, which is like this emotional steadiness or like, I was a fan. Oh no. No. <laughs> Sorry guys. Walking in on me just like crying in my bedroom, which is so sad. and also sounds very dramatic. Um, but I would just be so sad and she would be like, what? What's wrong? Why are you sad? Tell me. And I remember telling her, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know why I'm sad. I'm just so sad. And my mom is also very prone to depression as well. So thankfully, she was someone who helped me or just, like, comforted me in that. But um, for so long, I didn't really understand what that was. I didn't really understand that that was, like, depressed feelings or, like, un like unexplainable sadness. And so um, when I discovered the Enneagram tool and like the language of it I was like oh my gosh like I've just been prone to this since I was a child like feeling like there's something missing in my life or feeling like I'm not fully understood um and like longing for that in a way that makes me sad um so yeah I need to look at the question <laughs> we got one more wait well, I have more thoughts on that um <laughs> What's helped me be more aware of my roots in envy um, is like when I do feel sad or envious of others and what, what it seems like they have. Um, it's, it's just, whereas before, like I couldn't identify that, if that makes sense. Like I didn't know why I was sad, now I'm like, oh, okay, like, I'm just way more aware of, like, what I feel like is lacking in my life, um, and so it helps me identify, like, the depressed feelings or the envious feelings before, hopefully, before they start to, like, spiral out of control. I can kind of, like, take stock of them and be like, what's going on here? Like, why... What do I feel like is missing? Why is this making me so sad? Why do I feel so sad right now? Um, just being like, wait, almost just like talking to myself a lot more about why I feel what I feel. I don't know if that was a good answer, but. 
Any questions on two, three, fours? Hopefully the panels help a bit to get, help you guys get to know them. Any general questions on Enneagram you have? Yes. I guess I'm um, just kind of open questions. But like, what's the yeah. best way to support like all those people in their different states? That's a great question. I think first, just like what we talked about, like knowing their like their core desires and needs would be huge. I think that's like great. It's just first knowing like what does each number really need or what are they driven by, and then you can kind of like meet them where they're at, right? You know that, that X Y Z is important to them. Um, or even knowing that, like, what Wes was saying, like, if people, like, ask, how are you, like, he really wants to know, like, will you press on, right? Like, for me, that's important, too, like, my friend's actually pressing in to ask me. So, I think, yeah, just knowing those core desires, anyone else have thoughts? Yeah, Lauren. I think especially for fours, but I'd say probably for twos, too, is yeah. like, there's some really optimistic people out there, um, and sometimes optimism can come off as invalidation for people that really experience, like, deep feelings. Okay. They want people to, like, sit in that feeling with them and be like, wow, that's so hard, and not say anything yes. else. Like, just that, rather than, like, well, you'll get through it, like, God's good, like, that can really be hurtful, especially for, like, some fours, or, like, even for me when I'm, like, can you just sit with me in my pain? Like, yes. can you hold that with me instead of yeah. trying to, like, brush past that because it feels like a burden for you to hold? Like, mm. that is really, like, a hard thing for me is, like, to be around people when I'm in pain and when I, like, open up about that pain. Because, mm -hmm. like, as a two, one of my deep fears is, like, showing people and, like, exposing, like, the vulnerable parts mm -hmm. of me and feeling rejected in that. And so, like, almost, like, brushing past that by trying to be positive feels kind of like that rejection in some yeah. ways. Yeah. So kind of just like sitting with people in their pain and not like brushing past it and not saying like, but it'll be fine. Yes. Like you have all these great things. Like don't highlight the positives. Like sit with them in that. So good. <laughs> Thank you for saying that's really important for I think for all numbers in the heart, Trad. Yeah, just sitting in it. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs>